Welcome to Building Great Sales Teams, a show dedicated to making sales teams tick, tick, boom. I didn't have a playbook starting out. I had to learn everything the hard way. The good news is you don't have to. Great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Let's get to work. All right, good deal. Um, so what's your, what's your plans for the rest of the week? Dude, the week's over, man. <laughs> I'm going to sleep. Um, Sunday's sleep in. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not, I didn't schedule anything. I have a few other calls today. Uh-huh. So nice. a lot of follow-up from the people I've met here. That's so, awesome. I mean, it's, it's been great for me so far. Yeah. Uh, it's been a great event. Austin is selling the shit out of it. <laughs> Dude, they're telling me, they're like, I think we have 150 stores that we're going to get from this event. I'm like, all right, well, if we get a fifth of that, Exactly. <laughs> we're still good exactly but they're they're pretty confident on it so no it's been it's been pretty great all right guys we got uh ben and maxwell here bennett's been working in door-to-door since 2015 is that mm-hmm. right yep and uh built up door-to-door teams in all kinds of industries from yep. what you told me and then uh but the claim to fame right now is probably starting a solar company in 2020 and then selling it 15 months later yep that's amazing, first of all. And I, I've got so many questions on that uh-huh. because I just don't think sales companies are sellable. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, I would love for you to break that down for us. And then uh, you did that because you wanted the opportunity to start franchising your Dirty Dough business. Yep, I was right? trying to do them both at the same time and it was tough. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but it, what's crazy is you were operating two businesses at once and you still managed to sell one of them. Uh-huh. You know what I mean, so many of us that have sales organizations, um, they either just fizzle out, we pass them on. They're, they're incredibly difficult to sell because you have to be selling to someone else that's, you know, is doing what you're doing yep. and, and can see the value in it. And the multiple's got to be like 1x, 2x, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So why don't we just, uh, why don't we, why don't you... Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, I know you're married. You got a few kids yep. and all that. Yep. Grew up in uh, Orm, Utah. Uh, got married in 2015. <clears throat> so I met her doing my first summer sales stuff out in LA. So that was cool. That's um, awesome. Wait, was she selling too? No, we just, we just met at a dance. I got you. I got you. We met at a dance. One of my the sales buddies that I was with was talking to her. And I'm like, dude, she's cute, man. Mm-hmm. Um, what's she saying? You know, where's she from? He's yeah. like, I have no idea, dude. She doesn't speak English. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. Does she speak Spanish? Well, I swooped in there. Anyway, she speaks English now. But yeah, she didn't speak English before. She's from Mexico. Uh, we have three kids, though. Uh, five, three, and, and one. We have that in common. So Yeah, my fiance is Latina also. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so did, did that. Um, so kind of that's kind of my background. It's always been door-to-door. I mean... Mm-hmm. Selling stuff in elementary, I was selling candy bars on the freaking corner, and then I was doing door to door in junior high, selling lawn aeration. Oh man! And then I was selling cookie dough for wrestling and, and rugby as well. You mentioned you were playing rugby. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. For me to pay for this stuff, I, I that that's how I did it. I had to yeah. sell, and I always sold the most out of anybody. Yeah, probably because I was in this rich neighborhood. Uh huh. <laughs> so so they all felt bad. I was the I was the poor kid in the rich neighborhood, and everybody bought for me. All the dude. parents jumped in and everything. So that uh, that probably set me up for success and doing like those discount, like starving student type cards. Sold yeah. those for football and anyways, all door to door though. So uh huh. That's kind of my background. Got in 15, 2015, Did pest control. Just did a half a summer. Okay. They recruited me kind of halfway through. Um, before that, I was in. Baltimore 
mm -hmm. doing security installs. A buddy called me. He's like, oh, yeah, I've already made oh, so like... So you, you went from sales to I went installs. from ins installs to sales. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So I was out there, and I didn't know the sales game that they, you know... A lot, a lot of these sales orgs will take anybody with a pulse. Yeah. And I didn't know that. So I was like, he's like, yeah, I think I can make space for you. I was like, dude, if you can make space for me, man, I would freaking, I'll drive there tomorrow. And I drove from, literally the next day, I drove from Baltimore to freaking California to sell pest control. Mm -hmm. But that got me into it. And uh, after that, next year, um, did pest again. Mm -hmm. So here I was, still a rookie. You know, I've only sold for two months. Yeah. But I was the top rookie in that, in that office um, in those two months that I sold. So I just, I want to find out why do yeah. you think, whether it was, you know, selling candy bars or selling pest control, why do you think you had that thing? Because you hadn't been formally trained until you started selling pest control, right? No, I mean, it was really doing that, doing the like lawn aeration and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just for money. Like I didn't, it's not, I, I didn't get an allowance mm -hmm. or nothing like that. Like if I, if I wanted money, I had to go figure it out. Yeah. And uh, do you think it was, you know, because it's usually one or two things. It was the work ethic or you had a natural ability to sell. So what, uh -huh. do you, what do you think it was? Um, the work ethic. Uh -huh. I, I'm, I'm not a super big extrovert. You know, like That's I don't, fair. Yeah. I don't really like talking to people that much. But if I'm in a, if I got something to gain from, I'll talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's like, do you want to go on the on the in football camp in the summer? Uh -huh. Well, then you go sell forty of these, and it's like, yeah. done. I'll go sell them because yeah. I'm going to football camp, and that's my only option. That's a heavy integrator right there. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. I, yeah, I just, just got into that. that. That's always been my mindset. Like when I left security doing installs, thinking that it was a secure way, obviously, you know, going to straight commission, that's a little bit yeah. more risky. But I kind of go off of the, uh, the rich dad, poor dad, work, work to learn, not to earn. And so I, that's what I told myself. I'm like, okay, I'm going to move across country mm -hmm. with zero guarantees on anything. But I know that the worst that can happen is I learn how to sell. That, that's a, such an amazing mindset to have at that age. You know, mm -hmm. I know, I know I never did. I was always very uh, results focused. You know, I, I wanted to see what I would get out of, you know, an employment situation or something like that. And if I didn't see it, I would quit and move on to the next thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got pretty fortunate. So I, I did Cutco knives. Oh yeah. Right out of high school. So, you know, I, like I, I got all dressed up. I did like an interview, you know, and it was all commission. Yeah. But I, same thing. I like, I thought it was a real job. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. was, I made money. It was good. Yeah. So I do the interview and they're like, yeah, we, we'd love to have you, right? Uh -huh. So let's start your training next week. I was like, cool, how much do you get paid for training? Oh, it's, we don't, you don't get paid. I'm like, commission only. Screw you guys. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna do free training. So anyways, I talked to my dad and uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna take it. And he's like, why? He's like, and I told him, like, mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not gonna go spend 40 hours and not get paid for it. Yeah. And he's like, is this for sales training? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, people pay for sales training. Like, if this is free, go do it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so what, what did your dad do? He's, uh, he's been an entrepreneur. So he's a construction background. Him and my grandpa built uh, the asphalt zipper is what it was called. Oh, wow. Tore up some, some roads. But yeah, here 20-something years later, it's still the only piece of machinery that's used for that. Wow. Still in business. But they sold that out in early 2000s. Gotcha. So he does that. So um, it runs in the family. Yeah, not, not so much the formal education. Like, I didn't graduate. He didn't graduate. Most mm -hmm. people in my family didn't. But the uh, the entrepreneurship aspect, yeah. everybody's always got, you know, everybody in the family's got, got something going on. That's awesome, man. That's so awesome. I got fortunate for that. But that's, that's why I made the move. Mm -hmm. And then it was the, the mindset of what are the top guys doing that I can't learn to do. Not like that I'm not doing because I know I'm not doing a lot. Right. But what's not teachable? What's not learnable? 
And anyway, that's how I kind of, the, the second summer that I went out, that's how I built a, a sales team. I, I showed up with 40 dudes. So I mm -hmm. sold for two months and I got 40 freaking idiots to follow me, <laughs> to follow an idiot out to North Carolina. Uh -huh. And it was like all of our first year. I think there's like one or two people mm -hmm. that had, had completed a summer. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'd never even started a summer at this point. So I got there. That was 40 a perfect dudes. group. Yeah. yeah. I got there with 40 dudes. But the, how I recruit a lot of them, like that was my focus is like, mm -hmm. yes, we're going to make some money, but let's put that aside. Yeah. It's, it's about learning. Like what, what industry can you go into that you don't need communication skills? Yeah. And really focusing on communication rather than sales. I think because uh, some of us get deep in the industry, we forget that. Mm -hmm. that we're actually giving them a gift yeah you know we're giving them a gift of one salesmanship but also just that mindset that growth mindset that development mindset and so we don't advertise that enough you yeah. know and we got to get back to that so that's a great point that you're bringing up right there so let's fast forward to all right when did you decide to did, had you been selling solar already and then you decided to mm -hmm. open up your own solar company so i was told that solar was this big long sell and you can't do a solar summer that's impossible so I just kind of stayed away from it. And there's this company that said, a guy named Tanner Huber introduced me. And he's like, he's working for Enlight. He's like, we're mm -hmm. gonna do a solar summer. And I was like, but how? And he's like, fast installs, this and that. So I'm like, cool, let's give it a go. So that was summer of 2019. So I mm -hmm. moved out to Sacramento area, probably May, sold for, for a few months. And I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah. Like I'm working four to eight, making twice as much money as Vivint Alarms. That's what I came yeah. from. And Vivint, I love Vivint. I worked with some great people there, yeah. made great money, but I'm like, this is dumb. Like I'm making $10,000 a deal and saving people money. Again, another massive education from Vivint. Like I, uh -huh. I have stolen so many of their culture building ideas. And oh, yeah, they're great. when I see their, their new hire pamphlet and you know, all their swag, uh -huh. I mean, that's, that's what we're all about now. Yeah. <laughs> Once I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm stealing all that. They do a great <laughs> job and they have yeah. all these training videos and that's what I did. I just, every day, everybody else is listening to music. We're just dicking around. I'm, I'm watching the same video that I've watched 10 times, mm -hmm. playing the video, pausing it, repeating what I just learned out loud until it becomes ingrained. But I would just watch those full sales videos that Vivint had. And mm -hmm. uh, same thing. It's like, I'd never sold alarms, but I came in, at, you know, with good numbers right at the gate because it was, what are these dudes doing that I can't learn, that yeah. I can't figure out? And I really do believe that it's like, so kind of back to like, I'm recruiting these, yeah. these 40 dudes. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> a lot of it was, you know, well, I'm not a natural salesperson. And that's like, well, are you a natural doctor? Are you a natural lawyer? Like sales is a profession. Yeah. Like if, if you want to go out and make six figures in a summer or multiple six figures in a summer, like you don't think you're going to have to freaking study your ass off. Like that's the key. And then let's try to cram, you know, a freaking bachelor's degree worth of sales in right now you know in a few months of you're just gonna eat eat sleep sales mm -hmm. you know listen to the audio books and, and and the sales training and that's what i did and then, so that's what i was pitching to people is like sales is learnable yes you can be a born salesperson maybe but it's it's a learnable skill so let's focus on that and again even if you don't kill it in sales mm -hmm. the communication i mean if, if financially you don't kill it there's nothing better you can do yeah that that is the foundation if you want to be a business owner you want to be a top mm -hmm. level executive you want to um be any type of an entrepreneur that's the foundation you need a hundred percent you know and you just made a really great point and you know we always forget that too that 
you know, you go to college for four years to be a doctor. You know what I mean? You go to college for two years to get into business management. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, why not look at your your new job at this sales company as getting the degree and yeah. getting paid for it? You know what I'm saying? Uh, that And it's not taught in school. It's not taught mm-hmm. in high school. It's not taught in college. It, salesmanship should be a college course. Yeah. Like, why is it not? It makes no sense whatsoever. Um and so that's a huge point that I think you're bringing up. Sales has a, just a negative connotation, which is stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, sales has changed my life, and I, everybody needs to learn how to sell. But for whatever reason, you rephrase it and you say communication skills, then everybody's like, oh, I need oh. some communication skills. Yeah. You know, yeah, oh, absolutely. I want to go into business where I want to be a dental hygienist. It's like, well, do you need to talk to people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, then come out and learn how to talk to people. And when that, that shift, I think, yeah, Again, I don't think we should have to make that shift, but because of the sales, especially here in Utah, yeah, I mean, this is where all the freaking door-to-door sales are, right? Are, yeah. So everybody's like, oh, you know, those the bros going and doing yeah. sales. I don't, I don't want to be part of those meatheads, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. But it was like, okay, well, let's not talk about sales. Let's talk about communication. Yeah, and, no, that uh, makes sense. That that that's kind of that's a good way it. to put it. And uh, you know, a lot of the listeners that have. You know, so a lot of the guys that listen to me are typically in construction and uh-huh. they're trying to get that first salesperson, you know, and so they, they think they need that, the bro, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or the like, you know, elite salesperson, but all you really need is someone that believes in your product and then, you know, maybe a little help putting together a sales program for them, yep. you know, just that initial setup. But uh, other than that, so going to back to, uh, when did you decide to make that leap? You you were doing the okay, the, yeah. So the I started solar summer. Uh huh. Did the solar summer and I liked it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. So then I'm talking to my wife. You know, hey, did, you know, do we want to do this year round? She's like, yeah, you know, as long as we move to San Diego. So that was her condition. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I, I uh, that's the only city in California I've been to. Okay. And it was amazing. I had a great experience. Yeah. So we we lived out there for a little bit. Partnered up with my brother Brent Attaway. Um, he kind of did the sales. I mean, like the marketing, and we started mm-hmm. doing online sales. So he came out with me in Sacramento and we did like a little test. Okay. And uh, we hired some, some people out of the Philippines, hired a lead agency mm-hmm. and they started, you know, the leads came in, trained the Filipinos to, to call them, mm-hmm. set an appointment, then they verify it the, the day of. So this was our test. We did 18 appointments and I drove to all 18 appointments. I got zero no-shows. I closed 16 of them the first set and one of them the second set. And then the last one shit. didn't close. And I'm like, all right, this is stupid. Like I'm not, I'm only leaving my house for an hour or two and I'm still making the same amount. What you described though is what 90% of the people at the conference we're at are trying to do and can't figure out right now. Yeah. It's uh, but anyway, so that was kind of like the, okay, well again, if, if, if we could kind of figure out, let's, let's go try to do this. So then we moved to San Diego, got our first recruit, you know, started in, in, in that January of of 2020, a buddy that I grew up with, um, Mm -hmm. he came out and and started doing the sales, you know, Mm -hmm. moved to San Diego with me. So are you just recruiting closers because you're setting the appointments already? Um, at that time, that's what, that's what that's what we were wanting to do. I mean, I this guy had worked for Google Fiber and mm-hmm. he and he ran that program doing door to door. Yeah. So to kind of, I'm always very hesitant of like, yeah, yeah, we're going to provide leads, but you're going to have to door knock as well. Okay. So kind of like a hybrid model, and that's how we wanted to reward reps to keep them active. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like every you know, I think we start out with like every three uh self gen or every self gen close you get like three leads or something like that three three appointments our issue was scaling it mm-hmm. when you we started getting more reps to 
provide them all with confirmed appointments in a yeah. you know a small geographic area was pretty was pretty difficult. Um, but well, that's, that's how we started. Part was difficult having uh, too many leads and them not doing enough sales gen. Get, getting or... enough leads. Getting enough leads. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you have five guys. Like yeah. I mean, five guys can handle three appointments easily per day. That's mm-hmm. fifteen confirmed appointments. And it's like, well, how many? You know, for fifteen confirmed appointments, we're going to need you know, uh, like a hundred leads or so many leads, right? right? And finding the lead agent, you know, the ad agency to get us that many leads, uh, we struck out a lot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we that's, paid a lot of we paid every company in the business. That's why so <laughs> many so many guys are are just they put you know, and I, I'm one of them. Uh-huh. I put 40, 40 grand into leads. You know what I mean? But I wasn't ready on my. Uh, processing. I wasn't mm-hmm. ready to bring them in and convert them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Y'all converted them with uh, the Filipinos overseas. Yep. You know what I mean? So that helped us a lot. Figuring that part out is is kind of the the minutia in it all. You know yeah. what I mean? So after that kind of that solar summer, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm sold on this. Like, yeah. let's let's start it up. Let's do it. Let's start recruiting people. And yeah, we opened up our doors in in that in January of 2020. And because we were, I mean, we were doing door to door, but we were doing online. So then COVID hit and it wasn't a hard transition. Yeah, because like, we were already doing it. So it's like, okay, well now let's, uh, what we did in, instead of the people out of the Philippines nurturing the leads and, mm-hmm. and setting the appointments, we had the sales reps do that. Yeah, that makes more um, sense. Because now they had more early. time. And then, the, yeah, the relationship early, a little bit of a higher conversion or a decent amount higher conversion mm-hmm. in those leads. Um, but it's a different not all salespeople can do it. Like they're not going to be watching their phone and then a message comes in. Cause like we, you know, the lead camp comes in, you got to message them within a few seconds. So like that should be automated. Right. And then that's where we're failing right now. Okay. Yeah. On that. I think you and Wayne talked about that the other day and he brought that to me and I was like, son of a bitch. No, yeah. It has to go out. It has to go out immediately. Mm -hmm. And then it's, Hey, I'm going to be calling from this number. Um, because you just filled out this form, you know, make sure to answer whatever it is. I didn't do all the, the copy writing. That was my brother on that he does a mm-hmm. great job on that but so you need a salesperson paying attention to you know actually call <laughs> and so and so my instinct is okay well okay uh virtual appointment setter uh-huh and then let the salesperson just close mm-hmm. but i think the model that you guys built out is they've got to be on it as soon as it comes yeah. in the, the, what you just described the first you know the the, mm-hmm. the the setter closer that's that's the better way to do it is just I, I'm kind of thinking like right in March, like right when we got shut down. Yeah, we had we had them doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You just put the salespeople did. A closer is better at closing. Yeah, and, and the setter is better at setting, and then trying to separate those is definitely the the way to do it. We. I was going to ask you about that yeah. because that's kind of what we're doing right now. Is you know we're we're not afraid of bringing in closers, mm-hmm. um, but we also have appointment setters, whether they're door knocking, and then we have a digital uh, or virtual appointment setter in house. And so we're kind of trying to figure out how do we feed these closers without them having to kind of generate their own leads, yeah. you know? And we, you know, I had Jake Hess on uh, about a month ago and he kind of explained to me that that's what their model was. All mm-hmm. the closers do is close, yep. you know? And so I was going to ask you about that because you said he coached you, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like the, in the beginning, y'all kind of started opposite of that. So where did, where did you end up? Where, where was the final, like, okay, this is how it's structured and this is sellable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we had much of that. I mean, that's what the, the what we were going for. Let's, let's let closers close, mm-hmm. setters set, you know, marketers market type deal and, and really try to hyper-focus on what you're doing. So that's, yeah. we were moving into that direction. Having these sales reps actually set for themselves was very short lived. Okay. Um, I mean, a few months. So okay. that 
anyways, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what we were doing. Um, mm -hmm. moved a little bit further and then started hiring people here, us based to do some setting as well, virtually. And then we started closing virtually as well again with zoom. Yeah. Um, and COVID like, yeah, was, you were it forced was, to, it was, it was a great option. And again, I think we were primed to do it because we were already, you know, yeah. starting that direction. You had, you had half of the process was virtual mm -hmm. already. But after like all said and done, the best model that we found mm -hmm. is you're setting the leads virtually, mm -hmm. but you're showing up and closing in person. And that's where I'm at. That's, mm -hmm. that was my instinct. You know what I mean? And I've been told different things. You know, I've got friends that sell nothing but virtual mm -hmm. and they're really good at it. Yep. Some people then, crush then, it. Uh, guys that do nothing but lead door-to-door uh, -door lead gen and closing in person. And then, and then, and then, you know, they got the setter closer model, but then there's also the ones that like, I, I set it, I close it, I do everything, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I'm like, that sounds exhausting, you it know? Is. And so, um, I think that's where we're going to end up as well. So appreciate yeah, the, free, I, the free consulting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean the, the virtual closing, we did a lot of that. Yeah. Just conversion rates for whatever reason were, were the conversion rates to get them from set to close mm -hmm. was higher with door to door. And then also from close to install is a little bit higher as well. Yeah, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And you can uh, make a little bit more money. You don't have to be so worried about price, I uh -huh. guess. So there was a, a post in the Solar Pros group this morning. I okay. don't know if you saw it. No, I haven't looked yet. Okay. Well, basically the idea was um, sales orgs are going to go out of business and that EPCs are going freaking... to be able to just hire these already trained and ready to go salespeople. Uh -huh. You know what I mean, and that uh, that you don't need sales organizations. Yeah, so that post gets circulated once every few months. Yeah, it's just to <laughs> like stir up shit. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, they just kind of want to stir shit up yeah. and get everybody, you know, kind of troll, you know. And you know, I, I don't want to be the guy that oh, because I'm a sales org, like I'm gonna yeah. argue this. You know what I'm saying? And so I try to look at it objectively. You I mean, know? There's some truth to that, right? You got freedom forever. You can't be a dealer for them anymore. Yeah. Um, Sunrun, you can't be a dealer from. I, yeah. I mean, I've heard they brought that back a little bit. Vivint, right? Now they're uh -huh. Sunrun. So that was another big installer that you can't really be a dealer for. Mm -hmm. Now there's still a lot out there, but I mean, and then yet, you know, Empire is one of the large ones. They went out of business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like, it, it, it looks like it's gravitating to that, but it's definitely not dead. Yeah. I don't think it'll ever be dead because you'll always have the local installers that have no idea how to do sales mm -hmm. and they'd rather hire that out. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, and then I think every sales org wants to, to be linear eventually. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whether that's uh, buying a install group or partnering up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I think there's going to be hybrids of that everywhere. So let's get into, you know, a lot of what I talk about um, and I consult on is Kodak and it's uh, walking through it. It's compensation, okay. opportunity, development, operation, and culture, you know, and it gets more important as you go down the line. And uh, so in terms of compensation, did y'all pay the most in no. terms of closing? Okay. No, there's always people that'll pay more. Mm -hmm. um, and it's typically not always, you know, related to the value because it's like, well, if we're doing incentives, then we're not going to pay as much. If we're, if we're going to Mexico because we live in San Diego, you know, Mexico trips were, were uh -huh. must. Uh -huh. It's like it's, it's a little bit less, right? Yeah. So definitely didn't pay. I mean, I think we paid competitively, but didn't pay anything crazy. You, you kind of focused a little more on your incentives? Yeah, we try to, again, going back to the let salespeople sell, mm -hmm. let managers sell. Like, managers are good managers. Um, I mean, a lot of good managers aren't good managers per se. Yeah, yeah. And you need them to be leaning from the front. So, 
like the same thing. We we were developing this backend process in the Philippines. So what we would do is when a solar, so you have, you know, you close the account. Now you also have to babysit it. Yeah. So how can we help sales reps babysit it so they can go sell another account? So we did like this whole gifting service. Mm-hmm. So the, the accounts closed, we send them cookies. That was the first thing that they would My get. Man. And then they would get a text from the Philippines, you know, somebody in the Philippines, not knowing it's from there, but yeah. hey, you know, we're sending you some cookies. The day that the permits were approved, mm-hmm. hey, congratulations, your permits were approved. Um, we'd love to buy you some, you know, dinner. Typically yeah. we buy two uh, pizzas from X, XYZ unless mm-hmm. you want something else. And sometimes they're taking, you know, we're taking their order for the local restaurant that they love. Yeah. Or we're just ordering pizza. But we had that and then we did um, like this welcome packet and it was like, it was, it was cheesy. My brother's a freaking cheese ball dude and he loves superheroes. So you open it up and it's like, you're not only saving money, you're saving the world. And it has like literally a superhero action figure. So I'd like the Hulk in there or something That's like that. That's freaking awesome. And people loved it and they would, the kids would play with it. They would send mm-hmm. us pictures and then I think we sent them a bonsai tree once this install was scheduled and it was, uh-huh. a, it was called the money bonsai tree. Oh yeah. So, I mean, that is a thing. It's real. Yeah. It's kind of a cool thing. And then day of install, <clears throat> we ordered them wine. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, let's make sure that we're touching them at least once a week mm-hmm. because the sales rep should be, but they're not always doing it. So let's, let's the sales rep sell, come mm-hmm. up with this back end process. And then for the managers, it was, you know, we do our meetings every Monday. Uh-huh. So it's like the, you know, you're doing like the throw down Thursdays and you're competing. Well, on the back end, we were tracking that for them. Mm-hmm. So whoever won, they're gonna get lunch ordered for them Monday during that meeting. But the managers don't have to worry about it. It's in the Philippines, our back end team is t- sending them a DoorDash link and saying, you know, we, we chose Chick fil A today. You can order up to 15 bucks for your lunch. And then they're eating it in front of everybody else during the meeting because they won, you know. But the managers didn't have to track that. <clears throat> yeah. So that they could sense. come out and they're doing like, we would give them like the incentive budget, you know, every sale goes in, uh-huh. we're allocating $50 a kilowatt, and then they have their budget, they have a credit card. So some, some autonomy there. But in the back end, we're really trying to do everything for them of like, oh, who won it? Okay, well, we're going to order that for them just to try to let the managers lead more from the front and just trying to sell and talk to reps rather mm-hmm. than the organizational piece. Because sometimes it's hard to find somebody that's good at both and Maybe you yeah. don't want somebody that's good at both. So to your point, we have uh, our operations uh, admin right now, uh-huh. uh, Cheyenne. Shout out to Cheyenne. Um, we recognize she was a good salesperson. Uh-huh. She was an assistant manager at the time, but she was a freaking badass with the operational pieces. you know. Yeah. And so at the time, we were heavy staffed, you know, mm-hmm. so we couldn't pick her up. We should have. But uh, she ended up leaving and going working for another company because she... I mean, she she was knocking at seven months pregnant. Wow, you know what I'm saying? She's totally her decision. Like yeah. we didn't even know she was pregnant at one point, and then she, uh, you know, obviously um, we saw. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. And she's like, "No, I'm still knocking." She was knocking <laughs> at all the way to eight months, I think. But anyways, fast forward, she worked at a few other positions or whatever, and we were like, "We need a strong operational person." Mm-hmm. And uh, Wayne's like, "Hey, Cheyenne's doing this, and I don't. I think we can get her." You know what yeah. I mean? And so. We, we went back and grabbed her, but I, I 100% agree with that. Like we're super aligned on a lot of this stuff. So first the gifting, um, that's something that we just started putting into place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we only put it into place once it installed. So what was your spend by the time they installed? It sounds like it was about 200 bucks. Yeah, uh-huh. it was like 150, but uh-huh. sometimes you're sending cookies and they cancel. 
Yeah. Right. And the cookies were like 25 bucks. Yeah. And sometimes so you're sending deal. pizza and they cancel and that mm -hmm. was like 35 bucks. Yeah. So your break point was probably. <clears throat> but, but like our less. allocated budget, including the labor on the back end, mm -hmm. you know, the hourly time to send and message everything. Yeah. We were budgeting about $200 after cancellations. That's awesome. That's great. So it's like $200 on a deal mm -hmm. that you're making, you know, five to 15 on. Like who cares about $200? So I read uh, Gift Giftology, okay. John Rune. And um, that's kind of where I got that from. Uh, so what I want to start doing is once they install, uh, for them to get a, a block of the Cutco knives. Yeah. But not it be our freaking logo on it. It'd be their family family name. Yeah. And if we can, even research their family crest. That's put awesome. It on the yeah. block. And so the whole idea is that every time they walk in the kitchen, they see their family name, they see their knives, you know what I mean? And then who are they thinking of? Exactly. Or somebody else, you know, at the dinner table, they, they invite somebody over. And mm -hmm. what well, it was actually, I think, Jake Hess, he would give them a, a fancy bottle of wine. Uh huh. Because he's like, when are they going to use that wine? You know, when they're celebrating, they usually invite somebody over, and then exactly. it's like, oh, where'd you get this? Right? So, so it's having something in their physical in their house, yeah. whether it be a stupid tree. Uh huh. You know, I went to a solar customer's, you know, he's like, hey, come over. You know, I got some other houses to sign up. I walk in there. This is over a year after I sold them and installed them. Freaking bonsai tree sitting right there. I was like, "Let's go, Luis." Yeah, you kept my bonsai tree, man. That's awesome. <laughs> and those are those are like you got to take care of them. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah. you're literally nurturing a relationship that was built off of a, a, a solar transaction. Yeah. So it, yeah, I thought it was. Anyways, the Cutco knife. So that's that's a big that's a big gift. Yeah, and they're gonna keep that, and people are gonna ask them about it, and, and they're, they're gonna, gonna mention it. Warranty, yeah, you know. Cutco, dude. Yeah, I remember slinging those, man. So uh, yeah, yeah, I, I did the same thing in high school. I did cut okay. in high school for a little bit. I was horrible at it, you know. And it's crazy. I own a sales organization, but I don't consider myself a good salesperson. You know um, what I'm saying? Yeah. Now I can sell the shit out of the opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just a different deal. But anyways, uh, where were we? So the 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 cut code deal. So so that's a great way to solidify yourself in the customer's mind. We uh, just made an energy drink, right? Our gentle oh, cool. energy. Uh huh. And so, um, shout out to Dennis Morales with uh, Drink Labs. So it, it's a lot more affordable than you think. Okay. And so, are you going to MDM, Ryan Stewart's yep. event in Dallas? So, we will be giving everybody ener free energy drinks at MDM. Sweet. So, we're giving those away. And on the back, there's a QR code for a solar quote. That's awesome, man. And so, every time a customer gets installed, we're going to drop them off like, two cases of these energy drinks, yeah. right? And then they're gonna they're gonna have them for probably maybe a month. It depends on how much they consume if they're in sales and they'll uh -huh. consume three a day. But anyways, <laughs> um, so then yeah, they're gonna hand them out to friends and family. They were free and you know, they got a QR yeah. code on the back. It's got our, our core values, our mission statement on there and everything. That's it's, real cool. Yeah. I'm so, gonna show you something after, but um, that you, you can do that QR code mm -hmm. and incorporate it with augmented reality. So they're scanning that they 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 face so they scan it. Uh -huh. A browser pops open, so there's no app required. You face it to this uh, Red Bull right here, okay. and then <clears throat> literally a Red Bull, it looks like on your phone, popped up behind and flies away. You know, and then you can say thank you for your purchase from your you know X Y Z company name. But there's there's a lot wow. of cool tech out there. We're, we're doing a lot and of that with cookies. They can post it. Then they can post it. They can share oh it. My you can gosh. do games. So like we're doing Subway Runner on our freaking uh, yeah. cookie boxes. So anyway, just. Again, kind of, kind of side note. I'll show you after, but it's it's real cool. Yeah, that's if awesome. If you guys are doing uh, giving out some energy drinks for for a little bit extra, you can have a 
a full on customer experience when they scan it mm -hmm. or like solar panels are popping up behind the energy drink, you know, click here for your solar quote, whatever. So we were just talking about an MDM in our booth. Uh -huh. We want a, you know, basically a green screen backdrop. Okay. Them to take a picture and something crazy be behind them. Like they're flying out of a plane or something yeah. like that. And they're holding the energy drink in their hand. Yeah. And so that's even better because we don't have to jack with the whole setup. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just pops up with whatever, whatever background you can make it interactive. So we're doing that in our stores as well. Can, can, you, can you go ahead and plug who does that? Yeah. We're using Continuum XR. They're out okay. of Vineyard, Utah. Okay. Um, so they're doing... Yeah, we're, we're, we I know really there's like 17 business owners that just heard this and they're like, okay, I need that who, who company do you go name. To? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Continuum XR. I forgot the owner, but um, yeah, su super cool guys. Super yeah, cool guys check them out. doing games and interactions and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it makes it a lot more experiential or a better experience, I guess, for the customer. Mm -hmm. So one thing I want to touch on before we get into the actual sale of your company um, is development. So uh, you hired Jake Hess mm -hmm. uh, for, um, was, it, was it coaching for you at that point or did he kind of coach the whole team? Yeah, it, was, it was the business, so it was me and my brother, but no, he would come in to, to meetings okay. and things like that. Awesome. Um, and so yeah. what did you guys do to, to, to train your guys it's besides the one-to-one -one type training? Um, so we, we had a, you know, a weekly correlation meeting on mm -hmm. Mondays and a lot of it was done in that. My brother's very big on screen recording, you know, just yeah. a, a quick screen record uh -huh. on this is how you, you're doing this, this is what we're implementing, you know, send it out, watch it, and then you're tracking if they actually watched or not. So a lot of those were just like five minute videos. And we always try to, well, even five is typically too long because then they don't freaking watch it. Is that, is but that like, Loom? How are you tracking it? Um, I don't know. All right, I'll ask your <laughs> that's brother. A, that's a brand question. Yeah. We do use Loom, I use it this morning. I don't know if that's how he was using it to track it though, or gotcha. what, what the software was behind mm -hmm. that. But a lot of that was, you know, breaking it up into these two or three minute videos. That's how we did all of our sales training as well. Okay. So we'd onboard, <clears throat> onboard people and then give them access to this sheet with all the links mm -hmm. and then they're marking if they're done or not. But all, all of the training we do, there's so much info on YouTube. I'm going to show you this, this, uh, I mean, all these videos on like just basic solar education, free videos online that are like one to two minutes, like super basic. Uh -huh. We would require sales reps to watch those before they came to our first training. And you would just like add them to like a sheet that they were all linked on kind yep. of thing, like a, like an important link sheet. So yeah, that's how we started it out with. And mm -hmm. then we started building on a platform so they can go and, you know, take courses. But yeah, start out with just a, here's a Google sheet yeah, <laughs> and here's the, the video title. What's it about the length of the video? So they know it's not more than like two minutes yeah. and then the, click on it for the link. That's awesome. So I just actually, uh, spent a good amount of coin for my consulting division mm -hmm. to, uh, it, it's basically, it's, it's a go high level setup, right? But the client's actually able to log in, access all the documents you've created for them, the sales program and everything. And yeah. then also if they pay for it, obviously you can do custom training videos for the yeah. sales organization and they can access that too. So I'm like at this point, because I'm so invested in solar right now, I'm going to do that for my company. Yeah. <laughs> Set it up like that as if, you know, Argenta Solar is the client and then kind of build out that, that mm -hmm. for them. So it's all automated and they can go through the checklist and, and yeah, in that you can see if they watched it or not, you know? No, yeah, that would be money because it's also going to be a testimony for your other clients. Exactly. <laughs> of how, I was like, dude, I did it with my own freaking company and it works. Uh -huh. All right. So. I'm not thinking that I'm ever going to sell, sell this organization. I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to pass it on to my kids and they're going to run it someday and it's going to be able to print money for them. Right. Uh -huh. Um, so what got that in your, in your mind? Um, I also didn't think I was ever going to sell. I thought I was going to 
do it for you know a few years, make some good money, and then until I found out what what else I wanted to What's do. What's next? Yeah. So it was kind of just a a guy that I'd worked for um, or with on one preseason, so I didn't mm-hmm. know him a ton, but Jason Newby um, at Vivint. Okay. So he moved to San Diego, and he is a phenomenal salesperson, phenomenal recruiter. And he had like 40 guys selling through a, you know, a few different installers. Right. They were just starting, so they had big volume. Um, anyways. And, Their operations but, but, but were the operations weren't set up. Yeah. Yet. Like, they, they just weren't set up at all. Yeah. Where we had, I don't know, we were doing like 20 or 30 a month. Um, so nothing crazy. But we had a, a good back-end operations. And, you know, I was running the cookie company mainly. So, like, I... I st- wasn't even in solar mm-hmm. a ton at that yeah. point. I was mainly doing the cookies, mm-hmm. um, but we had we had just hired a really good ops person, and then they had a team, and then you know like a regional manager, and then they were overseeing some some great managers, gotcha. um, and they were kind of running running the show. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> anyways, Jason reaches out and he's like, "I want to buy your company." I thought he was just bullshitting me. And I'm wow. Like, okay. And I'm like. Yeah, yeah, I'll talk to my brother. Didn't talk to my brother. And then like two weeks later, same thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'll talk to my brother. Didn't talk to my brother. Uh And then they went um, and met at some solar thing randomly, like without me introducing him. And then Frank came back. He's like, we got to hear Jason. I was like, all right, let's hear Jason out. So (laughs) then we started talking with Jason. And and it was basically, there's there's Solar Integrated Roofing Corporation. Mm -hmm. It's a publicly traded company on like the the pink slip or pink sheet stocks, whatever. So it's like... Low regulation, but it is public. Yeah, um, they did like fifty million the year before, and this was, you know, right out. I think this was like April or May mm-hmm. when we started talking, and we had done year to date five million in revenue, mm-hmm. which again with solar is not a ton. I mean, it's a decent amount, but like between is, is that five million in like gross profit or is it five million just in retail? gross? No, I mean in even retail. retail. Okay, so we're they're counting because they they just purchased an install installation company, so it's like if you guys. If they own the, the sales install, order and the install, the whole thing. then you're counting the whole thing. So that's what they were worried about. Like, oh, we could pick up you guys. We could pick up J. I mean, we could pick up Jason's and you know double our revenue maybe. Yeah. Pick up you guys, gain five percent, but with but provide some structure with Jason's. Uh, so companies company. do that because well, one, you had probably the most efficient back end out of everybody in mm-hmm. that transaction, right? But two, uh, then then your purchasing power increases, your mm-hmm. costs go down a little bit, you know, you can start shaving margins and it doesn't even the company you're buying doesn't even necessarily have to create this huge net profit, which it did. Uh, but if it gives you that They were after that revenue. They, they were, were after, after the, the, re- the revenue to drive stock prices higher. Yeah, absolutely. So same thing like I again I kind of ignored them the, the first two times because I'm mm-hmm. like, why would you want to buy a sales company? Yeah. You know, like what do you mean? You got you got dudes. Yeah. Um but I also didn't see really the value of what we'd built mm-hmm. on the back end. And I'm like, what? Yeah, actually we do have a full team. That's like, I'm, I'm not going to these meetings anymore. Like yeah. it's running. You're dialed in. Yeah. It's, it's running. They're, so, they're dialed in. Yeah. So it, it uh, that's kind of how it came to about, came about like, okay, well, okay, let's do it then. So he bought us and then he sold to the solar integrated roofing corporation. I mean, like within a week, both transactions yeah, happened. That makes sense. And then we plugged into that. Um, there was two other companies involved. So there's kind of like four solar companies combining into one mm-hmm. under future home power. That was Jason's company. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of them had like, you know, at least one or two admin people. And I mean, the transition was as rough as they come. <laughs> so, but at that point, you know, I was kind yeah. of like you sell it and then you want to implement and keep going with everything you're doing. Uh-huh. But, there's an organization piece and then now you now you don't have control, right? Right. And 
So it definitely didn't turn out like how we how we thought we would as far as keeping it going, keeping it yeah. going. Um, but again, I was like, I, I mean, I stuck around, tried it, like, okay, what's the new org chart, and kind of pushed that. But I, we were just on the, a different page, and they were more like, yeah, sell, sell, sell. And I'm like, yeah, we need to sell, but let's there's organize, organize, organize. Like that's what there's a reason you bought us, yeah. And it seemed like they never really used it, but yeah, they so, got the, they got our revenue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so was there an exit plan? What was that? Was there an exit plan for you? I mean, typically that's what happens with, when when another company buys you. Uh -huh. They're like, okay, we want we want to keep you on yeah. for six months. Here's your salary. Here's this, but you can't do any of this. You know, yep. non compete. So that's exactly what it was. And, and and a lot of it was based on because I mean it was a public company. Like yeah. yeah, I can go buy their stock. So it was actual real stock. And I'm like, I don't trust stock. Yeah. I'm like, but if I'm gonna trust stock, maybe maybe this one could be the one to trust. Okay. Because you can, it's actual stock. You know, the, all these like. Oh, we're gonna sell at some future date, and you can have X percentage of the company, right? Right, like that. They may, those, they may never plans. go public. Yeah. Um, but this one was already public, so I'm like, okay. So a lot, you know, we were getting a percentage back of gross revenue and stock, mm -hmm. and then it, anyways. So I kind of looked at it like I was already, I was already doing my cookie stuff. You know, they they would give a, a, a decent salary to mm -hmm. kind of keep the lights on, right? But you're getting paid based off of revenue. Mm -hmm. That's about what we were getting paid anyway. So it's like, yeah, this is a, a good transition. Yeah. Um, to get a little little bit of cash and mm -hmm. then some stock. Um, not happy to say that stock still hasn't worked out. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah. But anyways, so I was supposed to stay on. Um, but after about two months, I was just like, one, I'm... You took it I, like an exit <clears throat> package or something? I, I was, yeah, I, I mean, I was unable to make any changes. Yeah. Because I couldn't make, <clears throat> couldn't make the decisions anymore. And two, I didn't ever get the stock. They never issued the stock from the sell, mm -hmm. from the initial sell. So I'm like, when you get the stock ready, then uh, let's talk again. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. And actually, he called me yesterday, and he's like, we got the stock ready for you. I'm like, dude, it's been a freaking year, man. What yeah. you, anyways. So, um, you know, I don't know if you can, but the juicy question is, you know, how much were you able to sell for? Yeah, we, we sold for a few hundred thousand, I mean, uh -huh. each in cash and a few hundred thousand in mm -hmm. uh, stock. Mm -hmm. The big thing again was like, uh, I mean, if we can get, you know, like I got 315,000 for my half. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's, that's a nice it's, exit. It's, it's some money. Um, but the big thing was like, okay, well, if we did 5 million the first quarter mm -hmm. and we get, you know, a percentage of that back, we yeah. can make several hundred thousand dollars based it's on the stock. It's not just the sale price. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it was all know. based on that again, but that was contingent on staying in and I didn't end up staying in, but that's kind of, it was, uh, because again, they were looking for that revenue, and they're like, mm -hmm. "Well, we'll give you a back percentage of revenue." And me, always working, you know, a commission job. I'm like, "Oh, that's fair. Like, I, li yeah. I like that." Yeah. Like, because I think I could get ten million. It's right? like it's like, and then I'd maybe get a million in stock. Mm -hmm. So that's why we did it. Mm -hmm. um, and then the cash was kind of just a little, little bonus on it. Yeah. But at the same time, I did make the decision based on well, what if this stock doesn't pan out at all. Right. So you took a little more cash up front. So the yeah, stock option. It, yep. That makes um, sense. And then you also. I imagine you wanted that cash to get into Dirty Dough. Yeah, I mean, right? I'd, I'd already purchased the company. It was already going, but it definitely, right. definitely it, it helped. helped. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Other than the freaking capital gains taxes. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you had to immediately deploy that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so let's talk about Dirty Dough. Okay. Where where did that come from? And then, um, you know, obviously there's a huge opportunity with that for everybody listening. And, um, you know, you, you, you don't see stuff like this too often. So... I, w I definitely want you to stay on for this last part. So where did that come from? Um, crumble cookies is mm -hmm. killing it. 
They're yeah. just absolutely killing it. My cousin's heavily involved with them. I try to get in to buy a franchise. Mm-hmm. They were sold out in the in Utah and the places that I want to live, and they require you to live there. And I'm like, ah, that's stupid. Yeah. Like, I, cookies aren't going to be my profession. And then here right. I am. The cookies are my profession, <laughs> dude. Um, no, I'm not, not going to go move out to run a cookie store. I just want to throw in some money. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to buy this company when I was in San Diego and it was out of Tempe, Arizona. And I'm like, I've never worked in food. Yeah. But if I buy it and I could prove that I run it with no knowledge out of, out of state, then that's the, that's, franchise model. that's the franchise model, right? Yeah. Then I can go and do what Crumble um, wasn't offering at the time of like, you can invest in these stores and hire a good manager and you don't have to, it doesn't have to be your career. Yeah, it needs to be passive. So you, I want, that's what I want yeah. to make it. So I bought the company and then, you know, like, well, identified the, 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 the areas that sucked, which mm-hmm. was labor and waste. Okay, well, how are we going to fix that? And after a lot of networking and, and, and meeting the right people, um, like Jeff Finster was one of the first guys I spoke with. Mm-hmm. He's the owner of Everbowl. Okay. So he helped. He's like, no, you got to centralize it, do this and that. So basically yeah, we took. A lot of our friends are invested in Everbowl. Yeah. So he, he helped out and then started bringing on some other, you know, just just high talent to, mm-hmm. to figure this out so where we're at right now is we centralize all ordering mm-hmm. um to a warehouse here in utah so when you centralize your ordering you're no longer going through the third-party distribution companies right. you don't have that markup and then now you're not buying a 50 pound bag of flour you're buying a mm-hmm. truckload of flour yeah. so your flour and your sugar your main ingredients are much cheaper and then instead of mixing 70 cookies at a time in each mm-hmm. location we can mix 700 cookies at a time right in a giant mixer and have a professional baker there yeah. to increase the quality control rather than training, you know, hundreds of teenagers between hundreds of locations or thousands of teenagers. So that's kind of the way we went. And then I found a machine that automates everything. So rather than weighing everything by hand, like mm-hmm. what we were doing, putting little pieces of dough till it weighs just right. Yeah. We just throw it in a machine. What we were doing, taking an hour to do with human labor, this machine's doing it in four minutes mm-hmm. and it's perfect consistency. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so now we're delivering these dough pucks and they can, they're three layer cookies. It doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. So you get this like large gourmet crazy cookie. Like it could be a sugar cookie on the outside. Then you bust it up and there's a, there's a strawberry dough in the very center. There's a marshmallow cream, right? Yeah. So like you're getting this cool cookie, but you don't have to spend the labor on, uh, on top of the cookie. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a, it was a very unique product, which is cool because typically like you go away from a unique product if you automate it. Right. And we kind of got lucky and got both. Yeah. So hired on a CEO, um, Jill Summer Hayes. She founded Maui Wowie Smoothies and Coffee back in the 80s. First ever mobile franchise to exist worldwide. Mm-hmm. She grew that up to just under 700 locations, sold it. Grew another brand from like, you know, one to 90 locations. And I'm like, right. again, I don't know food. I'm not gonna pretend like I know food. I still yeah. to this day don't know how to, I've never mixed cookie dough. You know, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but I love hired that her on. I mean, it's. <laughs> That, that's the thing, like so many, so many business owners get hung up on, oh, I've got to lead from the front. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What does that really mean though? That means you're busting your ass for your business every day. And too many people get hung up on, oh, that means I have to go out and sell. I have to be the one knocking yep. on doors too. I got to remind the guys who the boss is or why I'm the best. You know what I mean? And it's like, that is so short-sighted. It works temporarily. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden your business is not operating properly because your ass is on the doors. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so E-Myth Revisited, um, mm-hmm. I'd recommend everybody look at that, but that's how, when we got into solar, mm-hmm. that's what we did. And that's why we were able to sell really is because we started, me and Brent, we built our org chart. How is this org chart? I mean, it was me and Brent. And then we had this big ass org chart mm-hmm. 
and mine and Brent's heads are in every single position. So it's silly, right? And yeah. then you focus on each position and you say, this is what this position is doing. And you are, I mean, you build out the structure and then you go hire that person. Then you work on the next position, the next position. So when we sold, I wasn't in the org chart anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't have a responsibility. Right now in Dirty Dog, I don't have a responsibility. I have a CEO, I have a salesperson, right. I have a production manager, all that. Well, you but, have a responsibility. You're selling the shit out of the business. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then I get to do this, right? Yeah. And, and this is where I'm going to make the biggest impact, uh -huh. not making cookies. So literally within three podcast guests, you and Justin Nelson, uh -huh. y'all just, just explain the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That you need to recognize your strengths, right? And yours is not mixing cookie dough. And mm -hmm. it's also not scaling franchises. Or, or even honestly managing. Yeah. Like, even with sales, like I, I suck it's, at it's, it's being a rainmaker. Uh -huh. You are the rainmaker for the company. You know what I mean? And so it's going out, pitching the franchise and getting franchisees. And that's how you go from one to 90 like Jill did. Yeah. Or one to 700. Yeah. You know so I mean? so we're at, we started franchising in December. Mm -hmm. And our pitch is like, oh, you have these other cookie companies and they kill it. Yeah. And that's a great option. But here's another option for you. you know, we're, we're half the cost. We're half the labor per dollar of revenue. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you get a cookie, a good, a, a pre-portioned cookie puck. You put it in the oven. When the timer goes off, take it out. Yeah. If you don't, you messed up. Yeah. It's like, but <laughs> you're not putting in too much baking soda. You're not weighing the cookie incorrectly. Like that's all done on corporate. So it's the simplest fran food franchise model in existence. It's an easy bike. Okay. It's, a, it's as easy. It, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's so like we can do a third of the cell sales of our competition at a, you know, at, at not a crazy margin and you're still getting a 50% ROI. So, and then we've teamed up with like the Pi Syndicate that yeah. we're with at SolarCon. They're offering a hundred percent ROI. Dude, those guys. Guarantee. And it's like. Those guys start talking and they're, I'm they're, like, wow, <laughs> I don't, you just, you lost me like halfway through the conversation. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry. I'm like over here taking notes, you know. They're, they're awesome. Jerry yeah. and Austin. Austin and his family, they, they have like a hundred something, five guys and Zaxby's and like, they know the restaurant business. Mm -hmm. They know how to run it. So we have these solar people that have money. Yeah. And, our, and our first one was a buddy and like he made over a million dollars last year. Personal sales. So it's like, you know, he's like, oh, I mean, let me buy, I need, let me I, buy I a franchise. Deploy this. Yeah. yeah. He's like, and he's like, without any leverage, you know, all in, you're like 175, 200, like these are low costing franchises. So like, mm -hmm. this is nothing to him. You know, he made it in a few months. We get on for like closing. He's ready to wire some money, and Jill, she's like, "No, I don't. I don't think this is a good fit." I'm like, "What, Jill? This is my friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing?" Anyway, so it's like, okay, well, who can we team up? You know, somebody with money that wants a good investment with somebody who's a a great operator. Going back right. to like, that's what we did. Solar, right? It's right. Like, let's let salespeople sell. Let's let money people. Like, you're gonna make more money knocking doors than managing a cookie store. Yeah. Can we get you to do both though? So the pie, send, pie syndicates that in between. Yep, they, they make it a yeah. white glove service. And, yeah. and we've done that as well on the corporate side. Um, mm -hmm. we've, we've done a corporate franchising model. So we own and operate everything. Uh, I mean, we own 51% of a group of stores. So kind of have two different options for yeah. people to get in on that. But I think, I mean, really what I was trying to do is provide the most simple food franchise so people can get in like myself i wanted to get in three years ago yeah but it's like what do you want to move to freaking albuquerque to run a cookie store hell no i don't want to move yeah. to albuquerque dude yeah, or <laughs> chick-fil-a is the same way yeah like you gotta you gotta work in the and in it's the like store. it goes yeah. against the e-myth right the e-myth revisit is like the whole premise is if you have a job i mean if you're a business owner that doesn't make money when you're not running the business mm -hmm. you have a job and you have a shitty job Absolutely. Because you work the most and you get paid last. <laughs> so absolutely. Like, are, are, do you want a business or do you want a job? And I wanted to create a business investment 
for potential investors yeah. rather than a job. I don't want people just subbing out a job. So that's that's kind of where we've created it. We've sold 57 of these in the first four months. Um, and I mean, I think from this event alone, we'll sell several dozen. We have a, another 15 pack closing here pretty soon, another 13, you know, mm -hmm. somebody buying. So I think we'll have several hundred of these by the end of the year, probably 200. It's amazing. So it's it's going good. Um, people like cookies. Here's the Here's the part we didn't even talk about yet, which is the best part. Uh huh. Holy fuck, are these cookies good? <laughs> I I had one of the and, and Ryan, our media guy, shaking his head back there because he had some too. Um, I had one of the I had one of the sugar cookies. Yeah, you know what I mean. I was like, okay, one. yeah, it's it's good. Uh -huh. Okay, but then I had one of the chocolate ones. Uh huh. And I have no idea what it's called or any of that. But I bit into this thing. And chocolate comes pouring out yeah. onto my lips and everything. So that's, that's that three-layer cookie. And man. I'm a mess, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I'm a happy fucking mess, yeah. you know what I mean? And so, you know, we didn't even talk about that, you know? And most investors don't care about right. the end product. They just want to hit the numbers. The numbers work, they're good to go. But I, I believe you should care about the end product, yeah. you know? The easiest way to sell is be passionate about your product, mm -hmm. which obviously you are. So uh, that's the, I think that's the biggest thing there. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity. Um, I'm excited about what you're doing with it and I can't wait to get my money out of other things so I can get it into yeah, that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that is a hell of a story, you know what I mean? And coming from the, uh, entrepreneurial family that you did, mm -hmm. but then going out and doing it on your own too. Obviously, you know, your, your dad wanted you to make your own way and you did that in yep. uh, pest control and then eventually in solar. And when I jumped in with Brent, again, I'm like, I know I'll make more money knocking doors. Mm -hmm. But it was back to the work, work, work to learn, not to earn. Brent, right. you know, he's, he's 13 years older than me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and he bought a franchise when he was like 22 or 23. So like that's, he's been the entrepreneur. So I'm like, if I don't make any, you know, like I could go knock doors and probably make a million bucks. Well, like you said, your friend made a million dollars a year. I'm like, but even I'm, he recognized like, Hey, I need to deploy this. Yeah. I don't want to be working my ass off, you know, to, I mean, to get that. So, yeah. but that's really why I jumped into it. I'm like, I will make more money off personal sales, mm -hmm. but I, I will learn more by trying to run a business. Yeah. And I did. And now that gave me the confidence to, to buy dirty dough and dirty dough is definitely taking off. Um, and then, and you know, building in the enterprise value in a franchise system mm -hmm. is, uh, it just goes up really quick. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I've probably got two people in my organization right now that make more money than I do. And I'm mm -hmm. the owner. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I, I'm playing the long game. Yep. And, and it's like Going you for said, that enterprise I can, value. I can, right. get, I can get on virtual right now. I can, send my, I can set it up to where I got 15 leads a week, mm -hmm. close three of them a week. Probably make a million dollars in a year. But again, I want to do that investment. I yep. want to, I want a passive income. You know what I'm saying? I don't want a job. I want freedom. And you're you know? investing, yeah, your, I mean, your time into the skills required to make it passive. Exactly. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. Man. Yeah, man. We've, we've had a busy few days. Yeah. You've been incredibly busy. I know we're both exhausted right now, but you still showed up here and did this podcast with me. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, appreciate you. Uh, being on. How can people get a hold of you? Um, they can visit me on my website, bennettmaxwell.com, B-E-N-N-E-T-T. -T. And I just started doing um, like an in the, in the trenches report. So oh, just cool. like what's going on in the business, like the, the nitty gritty. I'm a, I am hate this like stigmatism of like, you don't talk about how money and how much money you get paid and this and yeah. that. Like I like that you just like, how much did you sell yeah. the business for? Yeah. And, and to answer that a little bit more direct. Uh -huh. So I got 315 and then yeah. it was a few hundred, I think it was 350 shares. 350,000 shares of stock. Okay. Um, 
and then I was getting more shares of stock, and that's where the anyways. But so really, it, it really ended talking up being numbers, a seven, a seven figure exit. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So even though, anyways, j- jumping into like what I'm trying to do with this, mm-hmm. the, like the end of, tre- end of trenches is like we it is talking numbers like actual physical mm-hmm. you know d- dollar amounts of like oh we're making this we, we just freaking yeah. spent this much money and that got is screwed gonna, over this much that's not gonna stop me from going and buying a four dollar cookie especially if it tasted like the one i had the other day it's not yeah. gonna stop me because that, that's the whole idea is like yeah. well if you tell everybody what we make then they won't support our product hell yes they will like yeah 100%. And, and, anyways and, it, and it's all cause-based and yeah we're out of time right now but it's we're, we everything that we do every dollar that we make ourselves in our franchise we have a nonprofit we're giving back to mental health awareness and education to, for kids mm-hmm. in K through 12 building wellness centers. And it's all about catching kids in the stress and anxiety stages before it goes to the depression, suicide stages and teaching them mindfulness, um, you know, breathing techniques, mm-hmm. happiness, mindset, um, all meditation, guided meditation, things like that. And, and, and trying to, so anyways, yeah, I'm 35 years old and I'm just finding that stuff, man. Yeah. So that's, that, that's where amazing. I'm at too. Yeah. So we're funding a lot of these these schools. I think we'll have several hundred of these within the next probably two years that we funded. That's beautiful. So really, really pushing that. But yeah, if, if anybody wants to follow me and then, you know, all my social mm-hmm. media is on there, but really trying to be as transparent as possible. And uh-huh. what we stand for at Dirty Dough, it's a dirty, messy cookie. Life's dirty and messy, but it's meant to be enjoyed. We're fighting against that stigmatism of like, I have my average life and I compare it to your perfect life on Instagram. Yeah. So it's just about being raw with like, Shit, we just paid two companies ten thousand dollars each to do the same damn thing because the first one screwed us over, you know. Yeah. But like actual dollar amounts and like what what we're yeah. doing good and what we're doing bad. Well, there's so a lot of education in that. Tr- yeah. try, trying to get people more in that mindset, and I just feel like it's too ambiguous a lot of times. Like, oh yeah, I sold this, or like we lost some money. It's like, well, what's some money? Yeah. You know, so just trying to trying to really get down in the trenches. Absolutely. So, what is uh, is there a certain organization that you guys are supporting? So we're doing our own. Okay. Um, so you're creating your own from scratch. Yeah, we're creating our own on Tuesday and meeting with the lady, and it, she says she'll have it up for me in five days. Our okay. nonprofit. Um, we are affiliate. I mean, we are donating to some other ones. One um, right. has it, that it, been finalized yet? It's a pass. Some of it's passed through. Some of it's a pass through. Yeah. But we are contacting these schools directly and saying, hey, you know, if we fund this wellness room, mm-hmm. do you guys have a room to 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 convert? Right? Mm-hmm. And can you guys run this and then? But we're, we're in-housing that. I just want to make sure that it's done correctly. It's done, it's done right. Um, yeah. But there's some other educational programs that we're mm-hmm. teaming up with some other ones to do like the happiness mindset stuff. Nice. Um, education towards parents. So things like that. Awesome. Uh, what is that organization going to be called? Because obviously you have to have a separate nonprofit. Yeah, the, uh, probably the Cookie with the Cause, something the like that. Cookie with the Cause, okay. Uh-huh. But as long as they follow you, they're gonna they're gonna get that information. Yeah, I mean again, I mean I have to have come up with a name in three days. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have, I have a few things, but some, something no like that. Just the the, the 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 cookie with the cost, something like that. Awesome. Trying to make a difference with our with our cookies. No, that's huge, and I'm glad you made a point to to talk about that because you know some people may just want to go and donate toward directly towards yeah. the cause. You know, so that's awesome. Well, again, I appreciate yeah, you coming appreciate on. It. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up. Uh, Thanks yeah, so much for tuning into this episode of like Building that. Great Sales Teams. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Remember, great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Until next time.